Luke chapter 24 and Psalm 78. Amen. If you got your phones on, don't forget to turn them down. I say that because i got to remind myself of that sometimes. Not that I don't like hearing the Jetsons theme song, Miss Darla, but amen. <laughs> amen. One, no, one time, one time I, I put my phone, I, I thought I turned it down, but I put my phone in my pocket. I started leading singing, and my Pandora came on. You know, some sort of banjo gospel, and like, that messes with your mind. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. I'm glad that we can have a good time in church. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. <clears throat> and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you. Now these, are the red, these words are in red. What's that mean? Jesus is speaking. These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in, what? The law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. I love how Jesus uh, himself, he taught salvation uh, 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 through the Son of God through the Old Testament. Literally calling out Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. I never noticed that to the other day. Jesus called out the Psalms speaking of himself. And that got me interested. I thought, well, I want to know what that's all about. Amen. Brother Tony, we're glad to have you in service. You've been a working man. Uh, you're a good dad. You're a good father. And uh, I'm glad to call you friend. Would you pray for the service, sir? Amen. Amen. <coughs> I got to studying, and there's several examples of Psalms pointing to Christ. So let's just look at one tonight. Psalms chapter 78, verse 1. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us now can we fast forward a few thousand years turn to matthew chapter 13 verse 34 matthew chapter 13 verse 34 <coughs> i'm so you know it, it takes work to study in general and it takes work and effort to study for a message but I find so much comfort in knowing, one, that there's power in the Scriptures. So it's, it's not of me. It's in the Scriptures. It's just my job to present it. A amen. <coughs> but it's so nice <coughs> that, that Scripture matches with Scripture perfectly, and I don't have to try to force anything. I don't have to. The Scripture speaks for itself. I just have to, amen, point to what it's saying. Matthew chapter 13, 34. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitudes in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, What? I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitudes away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. 
That is prophecy in of itself. Talk about foreshadowing and Psalms, and here comes Jesus along saying, hey, didn't I tell you what Moses said and what the prophet said and what Psalms said concerning me? And then he goes ahead and he speaks in parables. I mean, talk about fulfilling prophecy. Amen. <coughs> Amen. So let's take, a, let's take a step back and look at this parable that Jesus was teaching. Amen. <coughs> so where that coffin's coming from? Um, this will be a short message. If I'm 15 minutes from now, I'll be surprised, maybe 20 tops. That being said, we're going to read a lot of Scripture. You say, well, why do you say that, Pastor? So hopefully, um, even though it's a lot of Scripture, we can know it's not a long message and we can focus a little bit harder in the next few minutes. Amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. You know what I love about studying the word of God is the more that we study, the more that we know. You say, well, that's redundant. Well, I know, but the more that you learn guitar, the more that you can do and understand about the guitar. Last Sunday night, we preached a message and we understood a little uh, uh, with clarity what is the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Well, now all of a sudden with that knowledge, it helps us as we continue in our study of the word of God when he says, mentions the kingdom of heaven and what it's likened unto. And for anybody that forgot, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is a place and the kingdom of God is spirit. We are all part of the kingdom of God and spirit. Amen. It's spiritual. Kingdom of God is spiritual. Kingdom of heaven is physical, generally. And they do, they do come together many times. Amen. So, let's read that again with that in mind, with that refresher. Another parable put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then uh, hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy had done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay. That's why ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. You know, Jesus used parables and illustrations uh, um, that the people that he was talking to on that day could, could absolutely understand. <clears throat> I say a little bit in jest, but also kind of serious. Um, if Jesus were speaking to people today, he might use more modern-day parables. Thank God that he didn't, so he's not comparing Facebook to iPhones to touchpad. And, and I can't think of techie words anymore, but, right? But God was speaking to a people where he was giving them parables that they could understand. When you got a city slicker like me, who has to do a little bit of research on tares and wheat. <laughs> Amen. <coughs> uh, <coughs> tares in the field were without a doubt a problem, especially in those days. I mean, man, your crop was everything. Your crop was everything. That was, that was, that was how you made a living, uh, how you eat. That, that, that was it. And, and, and I can tell you 
Brother Shine might could survive. Brother Zollers might could live off tomatoes. Uh, I don't know if Miss Kathy's growing any basil or anything over there. But our family would starve if it depended upon our garden. And we don't have like a small garden. It's like, it's probably a solid, you know, 14 by 14 if it was full, you know. Uh, but we would absolutely starve. We would never make it. I thank God that uh, he gave us jobs that we can go to. Whew. Uh, we live in a spoiled generation. I'm also not complaining. Amen. <clears throat> but they were a problem. And if a man in those days had an argument with another man, for example, he would plant, he would plant tares in that man's wheat field just to stick it to him. And it would cause him problems and it would be it would be awful because we know that <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me uh, <coughs> I don't know why I'm coughing. He would mix these uh, weeds called dar- darnell weeds, uh, and, and with his neighbor's crop. And, and dar- darnell weeds are also called tares, and tares look almost exactly like wheat. Amen. Miss Aaron's doing a great job. Look at that. They look about the same. Now, you could sit there and you could, like, uh, maybe try to figure out, maybe if you're an experienced farmer, I guess. <coughs> but they look the same. What you need. Yeah, throw that up here. Thank you. Oh, this isn't my brand, though. Amen. I wasn't coughing before church. Allergic to church people, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. But the wheat and the tares, they look the same. And we all know this. I, I, I understand that. <clears throat> but, but can I say this? At the beginning of the message, remember Jesus is in the upper room. That was the context of Scripture. Jesus is in the upper room. And remember, he's saying, I told you this before. Remember, I'm telling you again. Just like Moses and the prophets and in Psalms said, I, I, I'm going to raise from the dead. That's what the whole thing was. And if you guys are anything like me, we got to hear it again because we forget things. We're like, we're like five-gallon buckets with holes in it. We can only handle so much and some loses. What's the saying? If, if, uh, um, if I remembered everything I forgot or something, I forget how that goes. I forget how that goes now. If, if I remembered half the things I forgot, yeah, something like that. <clears throat> Amen. Um, but I learned a little something. I was, I was looking up tares uh, yesterday and today, and uh, I did not know this, but you can, um, you can eat tares. You can eat them. And, and you can feed them to your, your farm animals. Um, and, and you can, but did you know that they're also a little poisonous? I had no idea of that. You can make flour out of it. It's called Darnell flour, apparently. I never knew this. But you can make flour out of it, and then you can bake bread with it. And the bread, it makes the bread bitter. And we can handle some of it. It's kind of poisonous. But but, but it'll kill farm animals like the little ones. And it'll kill a horse if if you just feed it nonstop, nonstop with this stuff. It's kind of like antifreeze, I guess. But it's actually poisonous. So the tares... In this parable are the lost that are not saved, and the wheat are the saved. And, and what I love about this is, is 
you know, I, I know studies show that self-approved, and there's some things that you need to study more into. But some things are just plain as day, and God just lays it out. Right. And this is one of those. God literally interprets his own parable. Right. <coughs> Amen. Look at Matthew 13, 36. Then Jesus said, <clears throat> uh, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the terrors of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. And, and can we stop right there for a moment? <clears throat> Did you know that Jesus primarily referred to himself when talking about himself as the son of man? <clears throat> That's a blessing. Because he's relating to us. He doesn't have to do that. He could call himself the almighty, the, the king of kings, the god of creation, uh, the great lion of Judah. I mean, he could call himself a thousand different glorious names that he deserves and he is. But when he's talking to men, almost every time he refers to him as the son of man. What humble character he's showing there. He doesn't have to do that. Amen. I love our Lord. <clears throat> he's identifying with us. Verse 38, he says, so, so the good seed is the son of man, verse 38, <clears throat> the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned into the fire, so shall it be at the end of this world. The Son of Man, uh, that's Jesus, shall send forth His angels, and they shall gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There is a misconception out there that we are all God's children. That's false. That's just false. Um, you know, how does it go? It's a statement that's true. Satan's greatest deception is, is to get people to think that he doesn't exist. Right. And I dare would flirt with the idea to say his second greatest conception is to think that we're all children of God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we're all the children of God. Amen. Not even close, amen. There's the... Um, there's the children of God and there's the children of... The devil, amen. So, so during harvest time, I hope this cough drop isn't bothering you guys. It's bothering me, but I love it. Thank you, Miss Carrie. It's helping me. <clears throat> kind of like preaching with a laptop. I've had to do that a couple times. I do not like it. I do not like it. <clears throat> but during harvest time, the wheat and the tares, they look the same. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. While they're growing, they look the same. While they're growing, they look the same. But at harvest time, they look different. The wheat is golden and the tares are blackish. I didn't know that. I, that was new to me. And also I read that during harvest, the tares would stick straight up while the wheat would bend over. Interesting. Either way, there's a clear difference come harvest time. Can I tell you, there's going to be a clear difference come harvest time. There are people that are born again. There are people that are lost. There are going to be people in the church that think they're born again just because they call themselves a Christian, but they never accepted Christ as their Savior. There's never that moment where there was a spiritual birth. All over, uh, Jesus and, uh, and, and Paul 
would talk about true Israel, true worshipers of God. There was national Israel, and they thought oftentimes they they tend to be real legalistic because I'm a Jew, so I'm going to heaven. The Bible never says that. There's Israel, national Israel, then there's true Israel, spiritual Israel. We're part of spiritual Israel. We get to be partakers of the benefits of Abraham. Amen. Amen. And someone might say, but if you can still separate them at harvest, then who cares if there's tares in your field? It's a good question. If you, if, 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 if you can tell a difference at harvest, then why does it matter that the tares is growing next to the wheat? I know this isn't some deep theological message, but it's still Bible truths that I need and we need. Basically, so when you're so when you have tares growing with the wheat, it's going to take away the water, going to take away the the soil benefits. And, and you know, tares are weeds. You don't get just one. They're going to come up all over that wheat, and it's going to choke it out. What happens to our children when they get 18, 19 years old and move out of the house? I want nothing to do with church anymore. I called myself a Christian, but I'm not going to, I I want to backslide, or maybe they weren't saved at all. I don't know. We don't know that. But they get choked out because they hung out with terrors for too long. Hey, teenagers, don't hang out with terrors. They're going to choke you out. Christian, don't hang out with terrors. They're going to choke you out. You're going to hang out with somebody. Hey, if they're not a wheat, guess what they're going to do? Hey, Mr. Wheat. You don't need to go to church. I'm going to go on the boat today, and we're going to have a good time. You're missing out. You're going to hear that over, and the more terrors you're around, the more you're going to hear it. Then you wind up being a bitter, depressed Christian, having nothing to do in your life with anybody because you're, you're depressed about it. You've been hanging out with terrors, listening to terrors the whole time. I'll say this, too. There's probably a lot of terrors, terrors in the church house. This church, maybe, I don't know. Other churches, the church in general. I believe that there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians that are not Christians. That there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? We've done many wonderful works in thy name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. And there are going to be terrors that are going to get burned up. They're going to be sent to a place called hell. You say, well, that's harsh language. That's hate language. That's God language from the word of God, the creator of the universe. If you got a problem with it, I get it. It's against our sin nature. But don't take it up with me. I'm the messenger. That's another thing about being a preacher. I have to apologize for what God says. Amen. Amen. Turn to John chapter 3, verse 7. One more scripture and we'll close. One more scripture and we'll close. I love how Jesus spoke. In parables, and he spent so much time speaking in parables. You know how he did that? <coughs> so that 2,000 years later, Dan Gunther could understand what he's talking about. I'm not the smartest, sharpest cookie in the cookie drawer. Amen. But God gave us a Bible that we can all understand. You say, well, I was reading, I couldn't understand it. Did you really try? 
I know there's some deep things in there that we could really study up, but by and large, we can all understand this word. We're talking about uh, the, the, the um, um, what's a great adjective, the, the, the wonderfulness of the King James Bible right before prayer, how wonderful it is and how, uh, how much we believe in it. It's the only true word of God, amen. <coughs> but how wonderful God gave us his word. And we might say, well, I don't understand that these and thou's is too hard to read. You really don't understand what thee means or thou means or therefore? That's a pretty bad excuse to not read it. Right. <clears throat> when it comes to the word of God and things that affect our eternal security, things that affect our eternity as a whole, why wouldn't we want to know everything God wants us to know about it? Right. Kind of important. I don't want to miss out on nothing. Yeah. Amen. I can't help but think about what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Look at this, Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. And by the way, the context here is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, how, how can, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus told Nicodemus how, how to go to heaven. It's kind of like Larry Bell uh, was, um, he's working at GM on the off shift, and he wanted to debate Bible with this, with Bible thumper, right? And, and, and he wanted nothing to do with it, but he literally just wanted to debate him to stick it to him. And every time he'd go to debate, because he'd go online and he'd get some hard questions, go debate, and the, and the guy, uh, he's from Heritage, Heritage over there in Pontiac, and uh, the guy would say, you know what, let's talk about that later, but right now let's talk about the most important thing, and he'd point him to salvation, and, and he'd keep pointing to Nicodemus and Jesus, and Jesus literally told Nicodemus how to get saved. I don't understand how you can have any Bible-based religion, denomination, church, whatever you want to call it, that doesn't point to Jesus Christ and his spiritual salvation, because that's literally what Jesus taught. How could we not acknowledge that? The only way to not acknowledge that is to not acknowledge the word of God and to turn our nose from it. Amen. But the context of Scripture here is Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you've you got to be born a second time. You've got to be born physically, and you've got to be born spiritually. Because uh, if you're born twice, you only die once. You only die physically once. But, but if you only are born once, you're going to die twice. As in, if you're only born physically and you're not born spiritually, you're going to die physically, and you're going to die spiritually in a place called hell for all of eternity. That's what he was telling Nicodemus. And that's the context here. And in John 3, 7, Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence, whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Everyone in here might be lost. Everyone in here might be saved. I don't know. God knows. That's not my job to even know. It's not your job to know. Your job is to grow closer to the Lord and tell others about Christ. Are we doing that? <clears throat> Why did Jesus give this parable? Some questions we should be asking ourselves as we're reading Scripture. Why did God want us to know this so we can apply it to our lives, right? <clears throat> I believe God gave us this parable because he wants people to, to come to know Christ. This is a salvation parable. 
God's making as plain as he can, uh, illustrating to people that were basically crop farmers for a living as a whole. He's giving an illustration of the wheat and tares, and he's saying, hey, you you, you need a second birth. You've got to be born again. You don't want to be like the tares. You want to be like the wheat. Don't hang out with the tares. They're going to choke you out. That's the most important thing. We can talk about uh, 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 some... Bible doctrines, me and Brother Shine were talking about some wonderful things before prayer today, and I, I really enjoyed the, the talk that we had, and I was telling him how wrong he is and how right I am, not really, not really, uh, but we're sharing Bible scriptures with each other, and what a blessing it was, and, 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 and that we need that, we need that fellowship, but what's the most important thing, that we've accepted Christ as our Savior, bar none, nothing's more important, we can have fellowship with any Christian that's been born again. Any Christian. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that you would bless the next few moments. And I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can worship your name in your house of prayer, Lord, and just give you all the honor and glory for it, Lord. We are nothing, and you are everything, Lord. Uh, Lord, we don't want to be Christian by name. We want to be Christian by uh, uh, by by reality and by by accepting you as our Savior. We want to be Christian through and through, Lord, not just in name only. I love you, Lord. I pray that you bless the next few moments in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we turn to page four hundred seventy-seven? Four hundred seventy.